Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Gag Nation podcast. I am your founder and today's host, Bill Gagnon, and I'm coming to you live from my home studio in Cypress, California. This podcast is about my life's adventure in music, sports, enterprise, and leisure, and other thoughts I may interject in at any particular moment. This is episode one, and it's being recorded on Saturday, March 21st, and it's also my very first podcast, so there could be some twists and turns along the way, a few bumps in the road, but let's just see how it goes. It's not like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I mean, I've listened to a ton of podcasts, I've been a guest on a few, I have interacted with the press and media throughout my career, so I have a clue, but I am learning on the job here, so please be patient, but rather than overthink it, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Now, my vision is to have fun with it, create something I'd enjoy listening to myself or perhaps with a few of my closest friends. Hey, I'm just an everyday guy who's risen up from the ashes off the mean streets of Westminster, California. I've had some interesting adventures through the years. I've done a few things in my life. I've also probably been involved in a few things I should not have been involved with, but hey, just live and learn. And the bottom line is I've picked up a few stories along the way, and maybe if you're polite, I'll share some of these experiences with you. So why now? Why start a podcast now? Well, it's day 10 of the coronavirus isolation for me, and I've been working working from home since then, and I have a type A personality, so I basically need something else to do. My basic routine has been wake up at 5.15 a.m., jog in place, do a few push-ups to get the blood pumping, have some coffee and get ready to watch the 6.30 a.m. opening bell of the stock market. And then from there, I shed a few tears as I watch my 20 years of savings and investments continue to evaporate. And then I prep myself for the President Trump's 8.30 a.m. press briefing on COVID-19. He usually gives me an update on all the terrific things he's doing to save America. Lots of tremendous stuff. Just great things. Blah, blah, blah. But that's about as political as this podcast will get. I want to keep it fun and not take myself too seriously. Okay, now, let's do this. So for you guys that all know me, you know I'm pretty much an optimist. So today... I'm going to talk about 10 positive things that I see as being a direct result coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Like, who thought there could be anything positive from this? But I got 10 of them, and we're going to go through it. So the first one is, it's probably pretty obvious, but it's more time with the family. My wife, Teresa, isn't used to being around this much. She's probably getting sick of me about this point, but I think she's got to deal with me. My daughters are home from college, and that's awesome. A week ago, I picked up Angie, who's a freshman at Claremont McKenna, and five days ago, Rachel came home from Chicago, where she's a junior at the University of Chicago. It's great, as Teresa and I really miss having the two girls around, so having them home right now and having the core family back together is is awesome. But after having full independence, Rachel and Angie feel kind of differently as we pretty much have them under martial law. Not only do they need to adhere to our rules, but now they can't even leave the house. I kind of actually feel sorry for them and they pretty much want the world to end at this point. But I actually love it and it's great to have real meals together. We haven't done that in a long time. And of course, arguing about who's gonna do the dishes and so on. So good times, good times. Number two, NCHY. That stands for no commuting, hell yeah. 
I've been spending an hour and a half to two hours commuting each way for the past few years. It's completely insane, and sometimes I can't believe I, I do it. But I've been eating and drinking podcasts galore, so now I'm pumped up that I'm doing my own. So number two is NCHY. No commuting, hell yeah. All right now, number three, the stock market is in free fall. Wow. What can be positive about that? Well, my, bot, my buddy Scotty, we've been talking daily about the market, and he has been an excellent sage to me, t- talking me off the ledge many times. So what's so positive about this? Well, from an investing standpoint, if you have liquidity and you're in a good ga- cash position and you have balls of steel, I repeat, if you have balls of steel, there are plenty of buying opportunities out there for you right now. So that's definitely finding a silver lining. All right. Number four, working from home becomes commonplace. This is something I believe will really start to impact us in six to 12 months. It's going to be an outcome that happens because of Operation Defeat Coronavirus. You know, we're all working from home or most people are working from home right now. And it's really going to generate a tipping point for us in distance working as it being an acceptable and a regular way of working life as opposed to the exception. You know, lots of people do some telecommuting and that, but it's always been an accommodation and it's never been a super, super priority for businesses. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, there may be some exceptions with some particular companies or some particular roles, but this is really the first time that business is all in on telecommuting mode. And because of that, I think we're going to get some amazing outcomes from it. One is the mindset's going to totally shift for people as everything, all the required tools to support this kind of activity, activity, they're going to be first in class rather than second rate. And by doing that, everything's just going to get better and more efficient. People are going to get used to it and we're going to move quickly up the curve. I really do believe that. And another trend I think could benefit us all from this too is if we got more people working at home, we should see a pretty good decrease in traffic as well. So that's number four. Working from home becomes commonplace. Number five. I like this one. This one I didn't anticipate at all. How great is Zoom? For those of you that don't know, Zoom is a video communication tool. The leading company for video conferencing, online meetings, and chat And Zoom brings all that stuff together. I'm being forced to use Zoom, and it's been awesome. In the past, you know, we've had Zoom calls at work and that. And I usually just jump on the audio line and do it, and I'm doing my email or whatever I regularly do. But now at home, we're really being forced to do it. And the functionality really allows you to virtually connect really well. Um, all participants, if you're not that familiar with it, all participants have a live video feed on the, on the screen when you're looking at the screen. And when someone speaks, that individual's live, live stream enlarges on the screen. So it really kind of creates this environment where you have a sense of the floor or the mic and you really grab the attention of everybody on the call. Like if you just think about a, a, a conference call or whatever, or kind of traditional uh, uh, video conferencing, people are just yakking away and stuff like that, but there's no kind of additional spotlight that's put on them. This tool really does that. So that's really cool. I've been able to connect with my colleagues. There's some funny stuff that happens on 
on it because you get to see their live feed. So you get a peek into their home office work environment. They have junk on the shelves, laundry in the corner, old pictures with funny with people with funny hairdos on it, pets walking around, children coming into the room, all that kind of crazy um, stuff. And some other stuff, people... In a lot with, that I'm doing the, the um, Zooming with, they're actually starting to change their background and stuff. For example, my boss, he has a photo of um, Yosemite Falls in his backdrops, and he's always kind of sipping tea. So it's, it seems like he's sitting in Yosemite sipping tea and then barking orders at us. It's actually pretty cool. And then I have a colleague and buddy, Alberto. He has this tropical beach scene with swaying palm trees behind him. And he's a Spanish guy. So, and he, you know, he has a Spanish accent. So he totally has this whole like Ibiza vibe going on when he's on the call. So that's good. And I actually started out using that particular background. But now I'm totally dialing it up and having fun with it and creating my own bespoke background. So like right now, I'm alternating between being a D, in the DJ booth with Tiesto or being courtside at a Clipper game at Staples Center or in front of the stage at a Weezer show. And I also have a pretty nifty one of me sitting right behind home plate at Dodger Stadium watching my friend Yasiel Puig chase a curveball in the dirt. So that's pretty cool. Um, the other thing is with Zoom, you know, all the college kids, and it's not, it's all the kids in school, really, they're all going to this kind of distance learning thing for the next few months. So my kids are going to be using it. So I'm actually pretty excited about it. I mean, it's not really a substitute for being in person, but I mean, they are making tremendous progress with these tools and it's only going to get better. So number five, how great is Zoom? All right. Number six, let's give a hell yeah to Eric Yuan. Do you know who he is? Well, if you watch the CNBC financial show called Squawk Box, he's the only guest who's ever on there that's smiling ear to ear. The show has guests on to discuss the market and business outlook, and they'll have um, you know various senior executives from Fortune 500 companies, J.P. Morgan, Exxon, Boeing, Delta, the usual suspects. And all these guys are on there and they're trying to spin a positive story about the business outlook but you can just see it in their eyes it's just it's just not there you know you're going are you really believing what you're saying with your positive spin it's pretty much all bad news it's all bad news unless you're Eric Yuan he's the guy that's just smiling gr- from ear to ear, and he can't even control his grin. So who is he? Well, he's the 50-year-old CEO of Zoom, and that's why he's smiling. Let me tell you a little bit about Eric. He started his career, he's he's from China originally. He he came to the U.S. and he started his career out at WebEx in 1997. He, He rose through the corporate ranks in that. And in 2007, WebEx was acquired by Cisco. And from there, Eric became the corporate VP of engineering at Cisco, which is a really big job there. And while he was there, he never really felt like Cisco was really committed to developing the right products for this type of video conferencing type of tools. And he, so he decided to venture off on his own and start his own company and do it right. And that's when he created Zoom in 2011. And get this, this is one of the reasons why I'm feeling for this guy. His company's philosophy that he instilled in at Zoom is this. Listen to this. First, hire self-motivated people. Then, have a good company culture and make sure it's number one. And the third thing is, if your people aren't happy at work, nothing's going to go well. So this guy does. He said, hire self-motivated people. 
Make sure you have a great culture and make sure your, your people are happy and things will go well. Well, I guess people are pretty happy at Zoom because it IPO'd in April of 2019. The stock market went roaring from there, so they got a boost from there. And now, while everybody's tanking, Zoom is riding the coronavirus home lockdown wave. And boom, over the last three weeks, Eric Yuan's personal net worth has spiked by over $2 billion. That's Billions with a B, and now he's worth almost $6 billion. Good for him. He seems like he's a good guy. Number six, Eric Yuan becomes a big baller now. All right, here we go. Number seven, I am saving a lot of money because of the lack of sports. I used to go to a couple Clipper games a week. I have really expensive seats, so. That's not happening now. That's good. I was planning to go to a few Dodger games at the beginning of the season. That's not happening now for me. So I'm saving money there. And just sports, it's just there's nothing. It's a gaping hole for me um, right now. My buddy David Miller, he texted me, I, I believe it was last Sunday, to let me know that there were live hoops on from Australia on ESPN. I mean, I was jonesing so hard for, for something like that. That was a great moment. But those moments have all dried up now. And I know I said I'm an optimist, um, but if you told me I had to stay home for a month, I would say no problem. I'll just OD on sports. But then you break the news to me. like It's kind of like being on a cooking contest show and they say, hey, bake me some delicious cookies. And then you go, okay, I can do that. But you need to do it without sugar. Wow. What a, what a, a, a just denial by not having sports. The universe said, stay home and eliminate everything you do with sports. So pretty pretty tough on me. You know, I, I go to games. I watch games. I watch games on TV. I listen to sports talk. I listen to sports podcasts. I follow stories. I do fantasy. I mean, it's insane it, what, a, what a void this is leaving to me. I mean, I knew I was into it, but just the impact is just uh, just is, is killing me. So anyways, I'm saving money. So that's a good thing. Okay, so number eight and nine are about music. I think you know I'm into music. I've worked in music for 25 plus, 25 plus years, and I couldn't really imagine life w without it. Um, so eight, the first thing is, it's, it's live music. I love it. It captures a moment, and live shows, they're all gone. Let's first talk about Coachella. My buddy Mike Ross and I were orchestrating a one-day Coachella extravaganza. He had a line on tickets. He also locked down some housing, and we were going to bolt out to the desert on Friday morning and hit the show, get out of our minds with the Rage Against the Machine reunion, you know, do a little damage on Bulls on Parade, bomb track, testify, killing in the name of, and find our ways back home on Saturday midday, hang out with the family and all that. We were all good to go. Pretty good for a couple of guys in their 80s. I mean, 50s, 80s. And then, bam, it's gone. Now that show's moving to October. So I don't know. I don't know if we can pull that one off. And then on May 2nd, there is the Cruel World Festival featuring a bunch of bands from the, the 80s and dark wave and alternative rock. Devo, Bauhaus, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Psychedelic Furs, Morrissey, The Church, Public Image, Gary Newman, The English Beat, Bad Manners, and the list goes on. There's something like 29 bands playing in one day. It's insane. We have a group of like 15 guys going. It's going to be awesome. Bam! 
gone. Well, not exactly. It's been rescheduled in early September. So we'll have that opportunity there. But see, you got Coachella going to October. Cruel World going to September. You're going to have the NFL starting up. You're going to have Major League Baseball playoffs. Going to be a lot of action going on in September. I don't know if there's going to be enough people to do all these particular things. So what's the positives about these things? Well, the positives, again, are I'm saving money. And this time it's more about spending money at the venues as opposed to on the on on the tickets. And I just want to gripe a little bit about this here is that you know, I'm all right with venues charging a lot for food and, and beverages and things like that, but it, it it has to be reasonable. They get to the point where it's completely insane. So, for example, the Five Points Amphitheater in Irvine for a beer, $18. I mean, I don't know about you, but that seems pretty insane to me. So I asked the bartender, I said, what percentage of the people complain about the prices here? He just came right back at me. He said, And I said, okay, so I'm not out of my mind. But seriously, this is wrong. I mean, I I think, hey, charge charge more. That's fine. I totally get it. I'm willing to do it. 10, 12 bucks. I get it. You know, it's a, but when you're exploiting people, it's just, it's just flat out wrong. So I'm not digging that. So I'm glad that that's not happening. So that's a positive for me. All right. Number nine. Music continues to fill the void. Now, this one kind of came out of left field for me. You know, the right music for the right time, it really cures the soul. So I have two of my buddies, they're named Tapo and Speedman, who are absolutely the biggest music junkies I know, especially for guys that aren't in the business. If they were in the business, they would still be in the top one or two percentile. Speed and Tapo, I'm not even actually sure of their real names. I'm actually joking. They are. I do know their names by at least I think the only people that we hang out with that know their real names are their parents probably it's Brandon Contreras and Matt Grandy anyways they're going to be known as Speed and Tapo and anyways they collaborated on an amazing Spotify playlist called Apocalyptica it's fantastic it's dark it's heavy but sometimes it's gentle but it's perfect for the time it fits right in with the Gag Nation podcast vibe 95 songs 7 hours and 18 minutes the right mood, the right song titles, variety, lyrical content. It's awesome. A perfect blend of heavier 90s alternatives, some classic punk, some classic rock, post-punk, and even mixing in a few yacht rock songs. It does the trick. So these guys, they got a little bit of sense of humor. What song do they start it out with? Well, Disney, It's a Small World. How amazing is that? Great way to go. And then it goes right into Radiohead's Everything in Its Right Place, which is, in my opinion, the best track off of Kid A, followed by Tool to LCD Sound System, North American Scum. Then they mellow it out a little bit with Lou Reed on taking a walk on the wild side and add in the verb, The Drugs Don't Work, off of Urban Hems, probably the best album, in my opinion, in the 90s. Then you have R.E.M., It's the End of the World as We Know It, a little cliche there, but it's very appropriate. Mad Season, River of Deceit, Tame Impala, Let It Happen, Get Dark and Dirty with Chelsea Wolfe and Survive, Joy Division Transmission, and a cool light version of Staying Alive from Capital Cities. I never heard this version before. You guys got to definitely check that one out. Very, very kind of cool. Very, it's, does, it's not what you would think. Uh, I enjoy that one a lot. And then they add in the Barney theme song from there to add some levity. I mean, how can things go wrong when you have Barney in your life? I don't, I, I don't even know if I 
kids do Barney anymore. My kids did it, but I think they were on the tail end of the whole Barney phenomena. Anyways, then from there they go The Clash, Death and Glory, M. Ward, Chinese Translation, Pixies, Where Is My Mind, Temple of the Dog, Say Hello to Heaven, Megadeth with, of course, Symphony of Destruction, The Who, Eminence, Front, Zep, they add in Good Times, Bad Times, have to have Nine Inch Nails, they have Help Me, I'm Not, I'm in Hell. Then they have this haunting version of Nothing Compares to You by Chris Cornell. If you haven't heard that before, you definitely need to hear it. It's awesome. Um, a Perfect Circle, The Weak and the Powerless, so good. Adding in some Pink Floyd near the end to kind of mellow you out. And these guys, they got a sense of humor. So what do they close it out with? Black Flag, TV Party. We're going to have a TV party tonight. We've got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. So how cool is that? Anyways, I know you got the time. As you got nothing better to do than watch TV and, and have a couple of brews. So check it out. It's Apocalyptica. A-P-O-C-A-L-I-P-T-I-K-A. Thank you, Speedman and Tapo, for doing your part. So that's number nine. Number 10, the 10th positive thing that's coming out of COVID-19 pandemic. It's given me the time to take a crack at podcasting. So thank you for listening. Now that's it for episode one. Let me leave you with this. Whatever path your life takes you and when it seems to give you nothing but lemons, remember the Guyag Nation podcast. My life's adventures in sports, music, enterprise, and leisure. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. Peace.